You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We're going to play a wonderful game called Who is my daddy and what does he do? You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Stick around. Hello! Welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I'm Zabe, your host, and today we have two great contestants ready to compete for fabulous prizes and in the process do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? Please play along with the contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have wanted if you were here with us saving Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy that you've chosen to join us, and I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's start the show. Get to the chopper! This episode leans pretty heavy towards Generation X movies. I write a little something for everyone in each episode, but if you know your films from Generation X, then this episode is one you might especially like. Especially like. We're going to save Generation X for future generations today with the material we cover with these two former college roommates. Our contestants today are Greg. Hey, how's it going? I'm Greg. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm happy to be here and uh, flex my slowly declining mental muscles as well as uh, compete with Donovan for uh, most grizzled sounding old man voice. <laughs> well, let's listen to that voice. Donnie, welcome to the show. Well, uh, well hello. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, hey, Jason, good to see you. It's been uh, a while. I'm glad to be here on the uh, Facial Hair uh, podcast. But yeah, no, I'm excited to be competing for Generation X against Greg. Um, it's been uh, several years since we've sat around talking about meaningless subjects. So I'm pretty, pretty happy. Great. Uh, that joke would go a lot better if people could actually see us and not hear us on the podcast. But yes, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of uh, facial hair going on here. Thank you for being on the show, Donovan. But before we meet them properly, let's give a quick overview of the games we're going to be playing today. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. And I want to have them answered immediately. If you're new to the show, this is how we play. The show is broken up into three rounds. The player with the most points after round two goes on to play the bonus round and try and win today's prize. That is, unless the losing player can play spoiler to them and stop them in our final game. We're going to jump right into round one and get the games rolling. Round one. You know, guys, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have our first game of the gay of the gay? The first <laughs> game of the day, and that's called the Facts of Life. In this game, we take the top 10 crowdsourced opinions about a topic, and the players must compete to identify them on the top 10 list. An incorrect answer gets you a strike, and the player that gets three strikes loses the round. The winner of the round will be awarded the power, the power, which is a position that will grant them advantages later in the show. So no points are awarded in round one, but having the power in round two can be a great advantage. We flipped the coin backstage, and Greg won the coin flip. It's blood wash on the leaves. If it bleeds. We can kill it. When you speak of action movies from Generation X, you won't get too far before the name Arnold Schwarzenegger comes to mind. Arnold is an actor who needs little introduction. He's a muscular force in movie history who can make the most macho man look like a prepubescent boy. In other words, like Donovan did to me back in when we were in high school. <laughs> or right now for that matter. <laughs> this episode's Facts of Life list asks you to name the greatest Arnold Schwarzenegger movies of all time. All of the genres of Arnold's rich career are represented here, from action flicks to comedy to... Okay, that's about it. But there are a lot of them to pick from. This list represents over 26,000 votes. And now it's your turn to add your voice to the discussion. So tell me, guys, what are the best Arnold Schwarzenegger movies of all time? Greg, get us started. Well, I'm going to go with one that everyone knows and we'll say the, the Terminator, of course. Listen and understand that Terminator is out there 
It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. The Terminator, number three on the list. Well done. Donovan, can you get number one? I, I didn't think Terminator would be number three. I, I'm going to go ahead and, and put out the original Arnold Schwarzenegger film, Conan the Barbarian. Wrong! Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. That is good. That is good. Conan the Barbarian, number eight on the list. I really thought Conan should be higher, too. I don't write the list. I just I'm judging. I just check them off the list. I judge all. I judge all. (laughs) Greg, back to you, buddy. Gonna say commando. Let off some steam, Bennett. Commandos. No, no, wait. Damn it. Can I? Can I? Can I? Take two. Take two. Predator. You can change your answer. You can do a different (laughs) take. I meant to say Predator. I said Commando. We can stick with however you want to do the show. If I say Commando, we'll stick with Commando. You said Commando. We got it. We got it. We got to take your first answer. Yes, sir. Uh, there's now, an underwear joke in here somewhere, but I can't think of it right now. Commando, number five on the list. Oh wow! Over to you, Donovan. Uh, Terminator Two. I believe I'm not, Terminator Two. I'm just gonna say Terminator Two. Full title. I, I think it's Terminator Two Judgment Day, but I'm not it sure. It is. Terminator 2 Judgment Day, number one on the list. Congratulations. That's BS. That's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like these yeah. judges at all. Judging all people. That's me. I judge all people, and they don't know what they're talking about. Well, don't judge too harshly. You got the number one answer. I think you should be happy about that. No, but Terminator is, is, is a better film. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Terminator is his best film by far. Just simply I, for the fact of it's such a complete film made on such a shoestring budget. And if you look at that movie, it is it is masterful in the way that they make an action film for like literally $10.95. Literally. James Cameron had $12 and he bought a Slurpee extra large right. and then he made that movie. And, <laughs> and it's brilliant. I taped that movie off of cable uh, when I was a kid and I watched it, I think every day one summer. So you'll get no arguments from me. That that's a wonderful, wonderful movie. I, I just respect movies that do that on a shoestring budget. That's agreed. Okay, yeah, they got fun. they got a lot out of it. It holds yeah. up too. I think. I think it's a good movie today. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, I watched my ten. Let my ten year old watch that too. So. <laughs> hey, Greg, back to you, buddy. Now I I would like to bring Predator into the conversation. Predator. I'm here. Kill me. Come on, kill me. I'm here. Come on, do it now, kill me! Predator, number two on the list. Great job, no strikes so far. It's going to get a little more difficult. Let's see how well you guys know your Schwarzenegger films. Donnie, Donovan, back to you. (laughs) I'm going to go, I'm going to try to throw the first comedy at Twins. Who are you? I'm Vincent's brother. We're twins. That's right. You tell your brother... He messes with me. He messes with my whole family. Twins, number nine on the list. Four answers remain. No strikes. Greg, keep it going. Since you brought in comedy, I'm going to say true lies. Have you ever killed anyone? Yeah, but they were all bad. True lies, number seven on the list. You know, I think a lot of people would be saying true lies is the greatest Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I wholeheartedly disagree. But whenever people, you ask them this question, True Lies seems to come up. It's a very popular film of his. It's, it's certainly the sexiest that Jamie Lee Curtis has ever looked in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie film, as far as I'm concerned. In all the films that they've done together, the numerous films they've done together, that's her, that's her sexiest one. <laughs> They're like, go get him a call. Next episode's Facts of Life list will be Jamie Lee Curtis's sexiest roles played yeah. against Arnold Schwarzenegger. So There you go. You're one episode off from being where you really need to be. <laughs> Donovan, back to you. Three answers left. No strikes. Three answers left. And that's where I'm starting to run out, of, run out of movies. I'm going to go with Jingle All the Way. It's a bad movie, but it's a Christmas movie. It's the only Christmas movie Arnold has. So I'm going to go with Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way, number 17 on the list. That is your first strike. 
I agree with everybody on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your first strike, Donovan. Greg, can you remain strikeless? Your turn. This is going to be difficult because my mind has suddenly blanked on all the Schwarzenegger movies that I love. I, I can't say Pumping Iron because that's not really a, a, a an action film. That's a documentary. So I'm assuming that's not one of the ones, but it does feature Schwarzenegger. The list does not say action film. Remember, it says all genres are available. Okay, I'm, then I'm sticking with it. Pumping Iron. But a little bit of advice. I wouldn't go with Pumping Iron. What's your <laughs> guess? Pumping Iron. Oh, sorry. Pumping Iron, number 16 on the list. I'm sorry. Right. Well, it was a try. It was a try. That's a good movie. Oh, that's fantastic. I ran this list by my wife, and this is where she got stumped right here as well. And Predator, I thought was going to be one to pull out and, oh, yeah, you know, nail it. Do I have to say the full title? No, I was just screwing with you. Okay. I, I believe there's a Conan 2. Full title? So is there? There is another Conan movie. And I'm going to go with that. Okay. Can I steal by actually having the name of knowing, <laughs> knowing the name of the second Conan, Conan the Destroyer. Conan the Destroyer. Ah, there it is. Conan the Destroyer is the correct title. However, it's number 13 on the list. Mm. See, so we're just, we're just throwing things. The only other movie I have left is I know not going to be a yeah, I, I was really disappointed. Conan the Destroyer didn't make the top 10. Like, that's one of my Conan favorite Destroyer, movies. Conan the Destroyer had Grace Jones, right? Yeah, Grace Jones. Yes. Will yeah, Chamberlain, yeah. dude. Oh, yeah, Will no, that's Chamberlain, a fantastic. Grace Jones. It was a classic film. It doesn't yeah. hold up as well as the first one, but it's it's still a damn fine movie. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. That that was my introduction to Conan, so maybe I, it's got a little special place in my heart for it. I saw that one before oh, I saw. I, I got one. I know one. Just okay, five. well, hold on to your... <laughs> Hold on to your britches. Hold on to your britches. <laughs> Hold on to your commandos because we're going back to Greg. I I am drawing a blank. I know I, I like I lose a point by not having an answer, right? Is that is correct. Seeing how there's no points in round one, it's hard to lose a point. However, okay. yes, you do lose a point. There we go. I I I am blanking yeah, completely. Negative. I am completely blanking. Even as much of a Schwarzenegger fan as I am, I'm blanking for some reason. Well, you know, there was probably a Twins, too. I'm going to say Twins, too. That's, that's where I'm going. I'm guessing there had to have been a Twins, too. Triplets. Yep. Twins, twins, the tw return. And, you know, you're saying Twins, too? Really? For reals? Yep. Okay, no, I'm, yeah, that's, that's I'm, I'm sorry, at. Greg. That is a strike. There was not a Twins, too, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. There was one made in uh, Sweden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can watch it on Netflix. <laughs> I Donovan, uh, back to you, buddy. So so my strategy of thinking of going to the movies during the summer finally paid off because I remember going to see this around my sophomore year during the summer with friends. Total recall. You wouldn't hurt me, would you, sweetheart? Be reasonable. After all, we're married. Consider that a divorce. Damn it. Total recall is totally correct. That is number four on the list. Okay. How many are left on the list? Only two answers remain on the list. Okay. Donovan has a commanding lead in this game. If Greg <laughs> cannot come up with an answer, you'll strike I, out. I'm, I'm feeling like it's going to be a strikeout. I know there was one where he played like uh, he, he went undercover as some sort of like mafia hitman. And I can't think of the title of it. And, Damn it. Just gave me another just, one, Greg. Yeah, I know. I, you, just I me, you just I'm gave just here me. You just gave me the game. <laughs> I'm, just to, I'm just here to help you, Donovan, uh, because I can't remember I, the name. Because I nailed that one right away, because I've watched that one with my son, too. I, I'm going to take the strike. I, I, can't, uh, I can't think of the name. You know, it's going to be a, a real rough deal for Greg if he doesn't get that answer correct. He's going to strike out. Mm -hmm. Real rough. I'm even going to say a little quote from that movie. Mm -hmm. It's a real bad beat. What's another phrase for that? It's a real. Uh, <laughs> That's the rough the gig trip. no great yeah. uh, <laughs> trying to feed it to you I nope. know. give me your answer there is no answer i i, I completely blame oh wait you. maybe me and greg are thinking of the different movies sorry we might be thinking of different movies uh well greg if you refuse you got to have an answer that's the rules uh, say cinderella raw then. deal raw deal is the name of the movie raw deal is the name of the movie Raw Deal is the name of the movie, and it's number fifteen on the list. <laughs> well, at least it was. At least it was there. That's, Wait, that's, that's one okay. where he's like he's saving his daughter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No. Nah. Wait, isn't it? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't. That's Commando, where he saves uh, Melissa Milano. Alyssa Milano. He's always saving someone. Alyssa Milano. Schwarzenegger. 
<laughs> yeah, he's a he's a cop that. Uh, no, wait, is that? Yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah, he and then he's like double crossed. Yeah, like double crossed by the cops or something. Yeah. The cops are really dirty here. He becomes a gangster by by wearing a wife beater and slicking his hair back. That's yeah. all you need to do. That's all. That's, that's, that's it. That's all it takes. That's what they take. And they you're, teach and you're gangster school. A part of the mafia. That's it. <laughs> I have one that might be on the list. You have one more. You okay, Donnie? Donovan, let's 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 hear your one more. Oh wait, did he strike out? So he I struck out. Uh, Greg, you struck out. You've lost. That means Donnie. Donovan, you won the game. You won round one. But you I have want to say awarded. my last answer because I can quote the movie. Okay. It's not a Tuma kindergarten cop. Uh, well done. That was number 10 on the list. It's not a Tuma. Yeah. I'm just going to say that again. In fact, yeah. I'm going to get shirts made. <laughs> they exist. I'm quite certain. Okay. I'm just going to run down the list real quick. 10 was kindergarten cop. Nine is twins. Eight, Conan the Barbarian. Seven true lies. Number six is the one you guys did not get, and that is The Running Man with Richard Dawson. Oh, you cold blooded bastard. I'll tell you what I think of it. I live to see you eat that contract. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your damn spine. Ah! That's a good movie. Yeah. It is a good movie. Based Five on is a Stephen King story. Yeah, you're right. Uh, five is, uh, how, how would you know about books, Greg? <laughs> how would you have only, any idea about that? Only when it doesn't count. <laughs> uh, not, uh, five was Commando, four Total Recall, three Terminator, two Predator, and number one was Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Donovan, congratulations for winning round one. You have the power. You don't seem very excited about the power. <laughs> Well, there's a there's a there's a sound effect right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm letting that happen. Oh, okay. You're in on this. I, I was waiting to hear it, but obviously we don't do that. We put that in post. There yes. you go. All the judges are in charge of that later on. <laughs> He's I'm just the host. Okay. <laughs> the Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. I like to ask a personal preference question to have the listeners at home get a better idea of who they're playing against and also ask our guests about their Gen X credentials. That is, what besides being born when they were made them qualified to truly call themselves Generation X? This episode's personal preference question is, what is the best action movie of the generation? So let's start with you, Donovan. Welcome to the show. Please tell the audience a little bit about yourself and give us your Gen X credentials as well as your best action movie of the generation. My name is Donovan McGrath. Um, I'm, uh, I live in uh, Los Angeles, California with my wife and my son. I, my Gen X credentials are pretty solid. I was born in 73, so that means I'm right in the sweet spot. I was a latchkey kid, but I didn't even get the latchkey. My sister had it, so I had to wait for her to get home. I, I attended a concert where Pearl Jam opened for Nirvana and then who was opening for Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I actually looked it up and it's considered one of the greatest concerts of, of that generation. And it was at the uh, Los Angeles Sports Arena. Wow. And, and, and I've, uh, I, uh, I, actually, I also attended the first Lollapalooza and I've read all the early works of Douglas Copeland, which makes me kind of artsy. So. <laughs> it certainly does. <laughs> So what is the best action movie of the generation? I'm going to go with Die Hard. I'm going to go with Die Hard because, uh, first off, it's, it's classic. Everyone watches it every year for Christmas. Number one, Alec Rickman is probably one of the best bad guys ever in a film. And, and it, it threw a curveball in the 80s action movie with Bruce Willis playing, playing the star, uh, playing the, the, the hero. Because before that, they were all Arnold Schwarzenegger-y people. So I'm going to go with Die Hard. Die Hard is, is definitely, for me, the best action movie of, uh, of our generation. I think you have a lot of people nodding along with you, uh, agreeing that. I actually Die have Hard. Die Hard trivia, too. I have a great Die Hard trivia question. Can I, can I disagree just because he said Alec Rickman instead of Alan Rickman? Alan Rickman, sorry. <laughs> I feel terrible. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with both of you because both of you mispronounced it. It's really Alan Rickman. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Donovan. And Donovan's playing against Greg. Welcome to the show, Greg. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Greg Mullen, owner slash bookseller at Artifact Books in Encinitas, California. It's a new use and rare bookseller. My credentials, well, let's say, first of all, I was born in 71, so I've got a couple of years on, on Donovan there. 
I had all of the trappings of a Gen Xer. I played Dungeons and Dragons. I uh, listened to lots of awful 80s music before when people didn't realize how bad it was and thought it was wonderful. And I used to uh, rush home from junior high to uh, catch the new episodes of Robotech and Thundercats while also hiding my intentions from all of my clove smoking friends. <laughs> you didn't mention Robotech on your on your survey. Oh gosh, I should have. Yeah, that was I, I lived that show, and I, I, like I really, bonus. I really enjoyed your Robotech episode, and was like yelling at my at, at my car. I'm like, oh, I know the answer to that one, <laughs> Roy Fokker. Real quick, Robotech story. I was such a fan that I was at the movies, and I was enjoying a movie, and I looked down to my Casio uh, calculator watch, and I looked that it was going to be. 30 minutes before the start of Robotech and I hadn't missed a single episode. I didn't miss that thing for anything. So I left desperately secret Susan hopped on my bike, rode all the way home as fast as I could plop down in front of the couch and realized it was Saturday and it was Monday through Friday show. And I felt like the biggest idiot in the world, but I think it's kind of a good move though. Missing desperately seeking Susan. Now that I look back at it. I I agree with that completely. (laughs) Well, thanks for being on the show, Greg. What's your uh, action movie answer? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a curveball here, and I'm going to say Cobra, starring <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Your disease, and I'm the cure. Where he's not only yeah, a badass cop, choose the match, but his name is Marion Cabretti, and he still kicks lots of ass. Here's your off-point uh, trivia question on that movie. Uh, he wished his name was something a little bit tougher. What was the name he wished his name was? Linda? Alice. Alice. Yeah, that movie's awesome. I watched oh, that, that recently. Yeah, it's it, that one. I'm telling you, holds up. It's 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 been like the blueprint for a lot of really good. Oh yeah, I mean it's over the top, but if you just go with it, it is great. It's a fun <laughs> ride. That villain in that is super creepy. Oh yeah, the, the, like the, cultist the guy. Thing, the the this, the serial killer cult. That thing's it's it's incredible. Yeah. yeah, there there was no debate on who was the bad who was the bad guy in that movie. No. You know, they're no, no. very clear lines were drawn. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show, Greg. Appreciate it. Let's move on to round two. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. Round two. Round two today is a game called Eight is Enough. In this game, I will ask a total of eight questions, four to each of the contestants. Points are awarded for each correct answer, two points for a complete correct answer, and one point for a partial correct answer. At any time, players can appeal the judges to make a ruling for a partial correct answer and make their case through loud arguments. The player who currently has the power gets to choose between two questions to answer. The power also allows the player to know one of the two categories the question falls under so they can make an educated choice on which one they pick. Players take turn answering questions with a chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly. A steal is worth one point, but also steals the power. You cannot lose a point for answering incorrectly. However, all questions must be given an answer, Greg. And if you answer with, I don't know, then you will lose a point from here on out, bud. <laughs> Looks like I'm going to lose some points. Donovan, you have the power, so you get to pick between these two questions. Will it be, sewing an L on your sweater is not the weirdest thing you can do? which is a television question, or you could choose, he ain't pretty no more. I'm going to go with sewing it out on your sweater. It's not the weirdest thing you could do. Sewing it out. This is a television question. One of the greatest sitcoms of the generation is undoubtedly Laverne and Shirley. The show was like comfort food for your eyeballs. The many running gags for the show gave us kids watching a sense of stability, knowing that our television friends would be counted on to deliver what we were expecting. The girls took their lumps in their quest to make it on their own. And when Laverne got down in the dumps, she would turn to her favorite comfort drink to drown her sorrows. What was Laverne DeFazio's iconic drink? Milk and Pepsi. That took no time at all. Yeah. Milk and Pepsi is correct. I tried that several times. I think we all did. Had yeah. It. it was disgusting. <laughs> wow. You look like Squiggy after you're done. <laughs> So that's two points for you, Donnie. Donovan, that's two points for you. (laughs) Thank you, Jason. (laughs) Milk and Pepsi, which is just as it sounds like, was Laverne's comfort drink of choice on the show. 
The treat was an old favorite of Penny Marshall's, the actor who played Laverne. She got into the habit of drinking it as a child when her mother would make her drink a glass of milk before having any soda. If you'd like to try it, I found a recipe online while doing research for the show, which said pretty much pour some milk into a glass and then add some Pepsi. Thanks, internet. <laughs> of course, you could go to Japan where Pepsi sells strawberry milk flavored Pepsi in a bottle. It joins the ranks of other Pepsi flavors released only in Japan, like ice cucumber Pepsi, salty watermelon Pepsi, and red bean Pepsi. You may want to think twice about taking the Pepsi challenge when you're in Japan. Shout out to my one listener in Japan. This question was made directly just for you. Diesel, I can hardly wait till we get started on our first kid. What do you want? A boy? Oh, my God. <laughs> I want a gun. Dude, I got someone in Japan listening to the show. I'm stoking on that. Two points for you, Donovan. Going to Greg with this question. It's called, He Ain't Pretty No More, which is a movie question. Robert De Niro's performance as boxer Jake LaMotta in Martin Scorsese's masterpiece, Raging Bull, quickly became the stuff of legends. After filming the first half, a production shut down for four months so the actor could gain weight to play the former heavyweight in middle age. How much weight did Robert De Niro gain in order to play an older version of this character? This is a multiple choice. Is it A, 47 pounds? B, 60 pounds? C, 20 kilograms? Or D, 69 pounds? 69, dudes! I'm going to go with D, 69 pounds. 69, D, dudes. 69 pounds is incorrect. I'm sorry. Donovan, can you steal this and get an extra point? I'm going to go with 60 pounds. 60 pounds is correct. I don't know about these questions. <laughs> the Bronx Bull, the Raging Bull. Let's hear for the great Jake LaMotta, ladies and gentlemen. The crew was paid to take four months off while De Niro took a tour of Italy and France, eating his way to a Best Actor Academy Award for Raging Bull. It was the most weight gained for a movie role on record, and De Niro said that it was his most difficult role to prepare for in his five-decade career. I don't know what he's talking about here. I mean, not to brag or anything, but I've gained 60 pounds since my 30s, too, and it was super easy. <laughs> so that's three points for you, Donovan. Greg, not on the board yet. However, anything can still happen. Donovan, you still have the power, so you get to pick between these two questions. Will it be live from New York? It's your trivia question, which is a television question. Or you can choose, I can't see why this band did not have another hit. I'm going to go live from New York. If ever there were a list of shows that helped to form the collective sense of humor for Generation X, then Saturday Night Live would certainly be extremely high on that list. Many members of the cast of SNL became comedy legends and are still relevant today, and their skits are forever part of our shared experience. Which of the following actors was never a member of the cast? Was it A... Billy Crystal, B, Robert Downey Jr., C, Steve Martin, or D, Chris Rock? C, Steve Martin. Steve Martin is correct. He hosted it several times, though. He sure did. Yeah, him and Alec Baldwin, I believe, have the record for hosting it the most times. They've, yeah. uh, they've even made shows just specifically. And, and a lot of people forget the Robert Downey Jr. season. Yep. It was Robert Downey Jr. I, and what's his name from The Breakfast Club? Yeah, it? Robert Downey Jr. among the people that forgets about Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> it was a rough year. Mm -hmm. It was a rough decade, the 80s, for Mr. Downey Jr. Yeah, that's right. that's what 80s sure. and half the 90s were, <laughs> were going well. I think he'd agree with you. Steve Martin was never a Saturday Night Live cast member, even though he's been on the show a dozen times, either as a guest or as a host. He's been close friends of many of the writers and performers over the years. He even asked producer Lauren Michaels to serve as best man at his 2007 wedding. He may have been King Tut and a wild and crazy guy, but he was never a not ready for primetime player. Steve Martin became one of the most iconic faces in Saturday Night Live history without ever even working on the show. So that's uh, two points for you, Donovan. And we get Greg's question. I can't see why this band didn't have another hit. This is a music question, if you can believe that. <laughs> The lyrics of All I Can Say Is That My Life Is Pretty Plain are from the song No Rain. And this group entered the singles charts for the first time in 1993. 
but except for a very minor success on the alternative music charts, they didn't see their continuance of their opening accolades. Be a good person and tell me who sang this one hit wonder. Is this multiple choice? Or? This is not. I, I know the name of the singer of the band it was named Shannon Hoon was the name of the singer of the band. I want to call on the judges for this. I mean, I, I came up with the name of the deceased lead singer for the band. <laughs> judges? Judges are telling me no. <laughs> <laughs> judges are harsh. Judges. Yeah, the judges. The question, if the question was name the lead singer, you could have really scored a point if you would have said Hooney and the Blowfish, since his last name was Hoon. <laughs> yes. But uh, you didn't go that route. Judges, is that a point for me? All right. Judges gave me a point. So what's your answer, Greg? That that is that's it. Hooney and the Blowfish. Yep, there, there you go. That it is. That's that's exactly it. Hooney and the Blowfish. Shannon Hooney and the Blowfish is incorrect. Yes. Surprisingly, Donovan, can you steal this one as well? I'm, I I think it's Blind Melon. Yes, it is. Damn it. Blind Melon is correct. <laughs> I'm almost proud of myself for not knowing that. <laughs> I was about to say. I, I was. I was so, exactly, I was. I was so annoyed by I'm that. Not, I mean, you it's know. almost as bad as knowing that one song where the guy's looking through the telescope singing to yeah. the new lion. Um, <laughs> rest, in, rest in peace, Hooney, but still, I, yeah. I'm glad that yeah. I didn't know it. Yeah, the Blind Melon, and I can picture the video too, because I remember yeah. that, that was, yeah, that, that was during an MTV, my, my MTV phase where I watched a lot of MTV. So mm -hmm. I remember the video when you said the B thing. I yeah, yo, yeah, I, I can picture everything except for the answer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Blind Melon struck a nerve with this song, with its easygoing jam session style and quirky video featuring a girl in a bee costume. They pushed their album into the top three of Billboard charts and gained a spot opening for the Rolling Stones on their tour. But with nothing to show for it beyond their first single, they faded quick. And the first verse of the lyrics are, all I can do is pour some tea for two. However, it is a common misheard lyric. And some people think the line is, all I can do is pull some teeth or two. I can assure you that this song is about dealing with depression and not about dental surgery. Although I guess there is some crossover between the two. So that's six points for Donovan and Greg still yet to get on the board. Don't hang your head, Greg. Anything can still happen. I'm certainly waiting for that thing <laughs> to happen. Donovan, yes. you get to pick between these two questions. Will it be problematic punk names or smell the glove, which is a movie question? Smell the glove. This is Spinal Tap may not have invented the mockumentary genre, but it certainly popularized it. Rob Reiner's comedy cult classic, which starred Michael McKeon, Christopher Guest, and Harry Shearer, turned the fictional heavy metal band of its title into bonafide musical superstars. In the mock you, rock you, documentary of the band, they discuss its origins during the film. When Nigel and David first started playing together, they called themselves the Originals, but there was already another band with that name. So they had to change their name to what alternative? I think it's the New Originals. The New Originals is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen that movie like a five hundred times. And that's not even a part that I know that well, but I remember. <laughs> well, you don't get to rub it in. Donovan, you got the question I right. Like, like yeah, Greg. You know, I mean, I could answer <laughs> no, I, a few different ways. I mean, them since doing Greg isn't going to get it right, I mean, I can just answer the rest of them. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. As the movie goes, the originals then changed their name to the regulars, and the new originals eventually became the Tamesmen before changing <laughs> to Spinal Tap. The movie took a long time to find its audience and it was not an immediate success. Too many in the audience thought that they were profiling a real band and wondered why a movie was being made about a band nobody had ever heard of. Once people finally got in on the joke, it took off and became an all-time great comedy. On IMDb, every movie has a user-generated rating scale of 1 to 10. Well, almost every movie. This is Spinal Tap has its very own scale and it does indeed go to 11. These go to 11. Spinal Tap is an 8 out of 11 score. Eight points to nothing, Greg. I know. It's, Get on the board here, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best. This question is called Problematic Punk Names. It is a music question. Many forms of musical genres came to popularity during Generation X, and punk rock is as Generation X as any other. Other musical styles defied authority, but none came close to the way punk rock gave a huge middle finger to the status quo. 
showering their targets with blasts of political parody. The dead Kennedys, lyrically shamed and maimed with the most subversive strains of moral indictment. When the band Dead Kennedys first began playing shows, public officials did not want the name Dead Kennedys on signs across town. To avoid this problem, the group used odd but amusing pseudonyms. Which of these names was used by the band as a more public-friendly band name in those early years? It is multiple choice. Is it A, Jello and the Juggernauts? B, the Pink Twinkies? C, Goldfish Don't Bounce? Or D, Billy Graham Crusades? Good luck with that. That's a, that's a pretty deep one, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Billy Graham Crusades. I'm sorry, Greg, that's incorrect. <laughs> Donovan, can you get this one? I mean, you got everything else. Might as well dunk all over Greg. <laughs> I, I'm just because I'm just going to go with Jello and the Juggernauts. Is that what it was? Jell the first one, Jello and the Juggernauts? Hey, Jello and the Juggernauts is also incorrect. I know. Yeah, this is a hard one. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, that's pretty, that's deep. Yeah. That's, 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 that's in the weeds. Yeah. I was hoping you're going to ask for like a song title or something. Right. Well, we don't always get what we hope for, Greg. Uh, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. The correct answer is the Pink Twinkies. Ah. Other pseudonyms were used were the DKs, as in the word decay, the sharks, and the creamsicles. Despite popular belief, the name was not meant to insult the Kennedy family, but according to East Bay Ray, the assassinations were much more poor taste than their band was. They actually respected the Kennedy family. When JFK was assassinated, the American Dream was assassinated as well. He said the name was actually in homage to the American Dream. Lead singer Jello Biafra ran for mayor of San Francisco in 1979, coming in fourth out of 10 candidates with over 6,000 votes. Supervisor Quentin Kopp soon enacted a law banning people from running for mayor using, quote, funny names. <laughs> that sounds like a legit law to me. <laughs> yeah, you have a funny name, so you can't run for mayor. One candidate who took his campaign to the streets today in a way that only he can. Jello Biafra, the lead singer in the punk rock group The Dead Kennedys, he held a news conference at City Hall. He then went on to uh, do what he calls shaking babies and kissing hands. <laughs> It's funny how I can answer every question you're not asking. There's <laughs> just a long list of things. <laughs> I know. We ran for mayor. Incredible, yeah. Do all these things that don't have anything to do with the show. <laughs> well, it's going to be very difficult for you to win the show, Greg. There's not a lot of points left. However, we're going to finish the show anyways. Finish strong. Make a good showing. Donovan, you can pick between these two questions because you still have the power. Will it be Ezekiel 2517, which is a movie question? Or will it be name that auto-tune TV sitcom edition? Ezekiel 25. Because I'm afraid the other one might have to do with Tim Allen. <laughs> Sorry, Tim Allen. He's, he's listening big, right now. He's a listener. He's a, he's a fan. So. Sir Allen, you were never fun. You know, if, that's, if, if he is listening, I hate him too. So there. <laughs> Tim Allen will be on next week's show. <laughs> we'll say Jennifer X. I, I don't think Tim Allen's a Gen Xer. <laughs> Come on, your bitter old man that he is. Anyway, go ahead. This question is called Ezekiel 2517. For this right. question, quote Ezekiel 2517. Go. Oh, God, I can start it. The path of the righteous man is beset. In fact, it's not the quote from the Bible, by the way. It's not. I think he's messing with you. I'm totally but, messing with you. That's not the real question. Start what was the quote, but I can't remember. I used to have it memorized. I used to think it was actually in the Bible. And I looked it up. Like, I thought it was Great. Greg, you're right. I am just messing with them. You got that one right, buddy. Yes, Here he is. <laughs> I think that's you know, worth nine points. Judges, judges, judges six judges. points. Judges are going to award you two points for getting that uh, fake out right. <laughs> Donovan. Yes. In the 1994 Quentin Tarantino film Pulp Fiction, the movie opens with actors Tim Roth and Amanda Plummer discussing the merits of robbing the diner that they are having breakfast at. Match the character names to the actors' names in this classic opening scene. Oh, the characters' names? Yeah. Put the characters' names through the actors. Oh, first off, I just forgot the actors' names except for Tim Roth. I can't remember. I just said it. I know. Tim That's Roth totally and Amanda crazy. Plummer. Amanda Plummer. Amanda Plummer was Honey Bunny, wasn't she? And Tim Roth, I, I can't remember his character's name. Because I, I, at the end, they kiss, and he says, I love you, Honey Bunny. Or maybe Tim Roth is Honey Bunny. I, I 
Tim, I'm going to say Honey Bunny as Amanda Plummer and Tim Roth is is Sugar Pie. I can't, I, I honestly can't remember. I I used like when I was when I was roommates with Greg, I would have been able to tell you that. Like, but there's been a lot of drugs and alcohol and um, finances, and now this is life, and this is all I got left. So. <laughs> drugs, alcohol, and finances. Those are the same thing. Well, <laughs> so burning well, brain cells. Well, the drugs and alcohol were younger, and then you get older, and then you're just dealing with, you know, like I'm, I'm learning how to caulk my bathroom. And <laughs> I that's my life. I I know one of them was Honey Bunny. I don't know what the other one was, and I don't know which one was Honey Bunny. Okay, your answer is incorrect. Mm. Greg, steal this one. Get on the board. Honey Bunny is Amanda Plummer, I believe. Now Donovan's answer with that sugar, you you got it stuck in my head, and now <laughs> Tim Roth is love you, honey man. pie. No, su- sweetie pie and honey bunny. Is it sweetie pie? Is his name sweetie pie? Tim Roth is sweetie pie, and she's honey bunny. That is incorrect, Greg. I'm so sorry. Mm. Amanda Plummer is indeed honey bunny, and Tim Roth was pumpkin. I love you, pumpkin. I love you, honey bunny. Everybody, be cool. This is a robbery. I love pumpkin. you too, pumpkin. Yeah. I remember yeah. the lines. I love you. you. Get, yeah, I know. Well, you got the you got the damn sweetie stuck in my head. <laughs> That's I'm blaming you for all of my wrong answers now. <laughs> Fine. Uh, the movie, as you might recall, is played out out of sequence from the opening scene, looping back to this is also the closing scene in the diner. If you listen carefully, you can hear Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta speaking their dialogue from the closing scene in the background of this opening scene. Go back and check it. It's pretty cool. little trivia for you guys. Um, there's a novelization that Quentin Tarantino wrote of his last movie, The Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A novelization comes out on Tuesday. He did it in a full little paperback edition, just like they used to do. They used to do novelizations of, of hit movies. He went so far as to actually write a novel that goes along with that movie. It comes out on Tuesday, only in, in standard paperback, just like it used to. Wow, the, guy, the guy knows his stuff. Where can I go to purchase that book, Greg? <laughs> well, you, you, <laughs> I'm dying to buy that. Where can I, where can I possibly buy that? Well, from? you know, I, I guarantee you there will be two copies at least at Artifact Books in Encinitas, California. Or, I, or I'm, I'm slash <laughs> shop. Slash artifact books. You mean I could buy that online right now if I chose to? You certainly can. Oh, wow. I can't get an answer right. I might as well get a plug in. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be the real winner here, Greg. Uh, You know what? We're all the winners here. (laughs) Greg, you're going to start us off with this question. It's name that auto-tune TV sitcom edition. This is a head-to-head challenge. For this question, the judges will perform part of a popular Gen X TV sitcom theme song and you will have to give me the title of that show. The catch here is that the judges are terrible performers, and they will also be using an awful fake British accent to make things sound more confusing and silly than is necessary. The lame British jokes will continue in this episode as well. Longtime listeners will know fully why. Email me when you've had enough and want me to stop, Gubna. (laughs) There are a total of three songs, and you'll take turns answering with the regular rules applying for stealing the power as well as stealing points. So that means this question could potentially be worth up to five points to one of you. So anything can still happen. Don't do math, just go with it. (laughs) (laughs) Donovan has eight points. This question's worth five, potentially. So there we go, anything. Okay, Greg, you need to give me the title to this sitcom. Sitcom song. The new boy in the neighborhood lives downstairs and it's understood. He's there just to take good care of me, like he's one of the family. Greg, what sitcom is that? You need to hear it again? Play one more time, yeah. The new boy in the neighborhood lives downstairs and it's understood. He's there just to take good care of me, like he's one of the family. Sitcom, Gen X. I know, I'm completely blanking. It's, I'm, it's, I'm going to kick myself. I, I have to pass. I, I, I don't know. Dude, you, you can't pass because you have no points to lose. I know. Um, so can I just, can, can we work, can we work on negatives here? You're saying, I don't know, means you get a point taken away. Greg, you're right now at negative one points. Thank you. It's the first time on the show we've had to take away a point. You know what? I, I wanted to be the first on the show to do something. You know, it's not the, it's, it's not my finest showing, but at least I did something new. 
Donnie, can you steal this point <laughs> before I play the regular one? Is it Charles in Charge? Charles in Charge is correct. one point for you look i i have to admit being it, it, it may be gen x but i did not watch that show i didn't watch charles in charge i though i sh i should know the music because i'm sure it was playing at some point in my house it was not watch that it was syndicated saturday morning tv it was yeah, saved I, by the bell charles in charge that was on saturdays yeah uh -huh. see i, I it was syndicated it was when the syndicated was big so they they you yeah. sold them to like well, I'm just trying to come up with an excuse, but honestly, I never watched Charles in Charge. I, I, didn't they tr like do a spinoff or something as well? And I, I didn't watch that either. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, I, I'm negative one point. So, you know, so be it. That's one point for the steal for you, Donovan. Now you've gotten just about everything correct. I'll be truly impressed if you can get this one, because I think this one's difficult. Name this theme song. There's a new girl in town and she's looking good. There's a fresh freckled face in the neighborhood. There's a new girl in town with a brand new style. She was just passing through. But if things work out, she's gonna stay a while. Ba ba bum bum bum. I'm gonna say Alice. Dude, you are the master. That is correct. Unbelievable. <laughs> that is really impressive, Donovan. I watched a lot of TV. <laughs> Is Alice the one that had Flo in the whole thing? That was is that the same show? She worked yeah. in the diner. Alice was yeah. Flo and Mel's Diner. Yeah, and yeah. I watched so much TV, I actually pieced both of these together from remembering the premise of the show. So she was actually driving through Arizona with her son, and I think the car breaks down because it was based on a movie. And in the movie, her car breaks down, so she starts working at this diner, and then she never leaves. So it's really about the hopelessness of life. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I, you know what? We're, we we need to start looking for a publisher right now for your memoirs of the reasons actually, that these shows. It's actually based on a Dostoevsky novel. <laughs> <laughs> and if we wanted a Dostoevsky novel, where could we pick one up? <laughs> <laughs> nice work. <laughs> That's very good, Donovan. I'm I'm really impressed. Okay. Greg. You know what? I made a joke to my wife that I wasn't going to get a single answer right tonight. And now, now the joke, it's, I, I'm, I'm prophetic, if nothing else. Okay, Greg. Here you go, buddy. Yes, this is the one right here. <laughs> Name this television sitcom. Love. Exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. Love. That'd be the love boat. sweetest reward. Let it flow. It floats back to you. Finally, I get one that I can answer. That's the Love Boat. And because that was Saturday, or I think that was Friday night TV. It was the Love Boat and then Fantasy Island. And I lived in those moments of being able to stay up late and watch those two shows back to back. And I also had, you know, being the, the Gen Xer that I am, I had a huge crush on all of the, the female actresses of the time. And they would all star in both of those shows. So if I wanted to catch a little, you know... Little uh, coochie big coochie, hair, big haired blonde. Yeah, oh yeah, she was there catch, for sure. Catch a little coochie anyway. coochie. That's that's your uh, that's your show, man. <laughs> Which, by the way, Fantasy Island scared me to death. I don't know what about that show. When I was a kid, that show would come on. I turned it off right away. There time. was a there was a nightmare episode on Fantasy Island where it went super dark, and yeah, it, that, that that was one of like the best episodes ever. Like there was, you know, you know the 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 evil Kirk and Spock episode of Star Trek. There was like the evil um, Mr. Rourke and uh, tattoo episode of that. It was fantastic. I don't remember. I don't remember that episode, but I remember the one that got super dark that got that show banned in our house. And that was uh, Mr. Rourke versus Satan. I warn you, no reprisals. The Breams are free of you forever. You hurt my feelings, my dear Rourke. I know the rules. Even my worst attractors must admit that the devil is a damn good sport. Thanks for the game, Rob. We will play a game. 
there was an episode. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that might be what I'm thinking. No wonder I so I got that answer wrong too. Why don't you take a point away from the judges? <laughs> yeah, we weren't allowed to watch that. We could watch Love Boat, but we could not watch Fantasy Island. So I remember my parents; they would go out at night. I don't know what they were doing. They'd go on a date or something, which sounds really weird for me to say. But they they'd go out, and it's just me and my siblings at home, and they would come. We'd hear the door rattle. And we're watching Fantasy Island, and we know that's banned. I was like, the mad rush to the TV to change that channel because we would have gotten in big trouble for watching that. Yep, fake sleep, fake sleep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they blame it on you. Jason. You're four. Blame it on you. <laughs> it's clearly four-year-old's fault. Always <laughs> is. <laughs> the final score is a lot to very little. Congratulations, Donovan. You've won round two. You've won the game, and now we go on to play Dysfunctional Family Feud. Congratulations. Thank you. Before we play round three, let's hear a word from our sponsors. After these messages, we'll be right back. Before we play the final round, if you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing to future episodes. It costs you nothing to give us a positive review and subscribe, but it would mean a whole lot to me. We'd love to have you as a friend of the show. Thank you so much. Now back to the program. Round three. Round three is a bonus prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, the game's loser can play spoiler to the winner. Greg, now's your chance for revenge. I will ask the same five survey questions, Family Feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to give responses to what they think are the most popular answers from the Generation X timeline. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. Filter all your answers through that time frame. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via Facebook. The loser gets to answer first with the winner unable to hear their responses. The winner will then have to give responses to the same five questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any of the answers. If they get more points, they win the game and go on to claim a chance at their prize. Okay. Wait, who's the, who's the loser again? Uh, let me check the score. <laughs> That'd be you, Greg. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Here we go. I mean, I don't mean to say it like that, but you know. Yeah. You know. We are going to put Donnie in the waiting room. <laughs> he looked like he was scared to leave there. <laughs> See, where am I actually going? Where am I going? Put him in the phantom zone. Okay, Greg, I'm going to ask you these five questions. You get one pass. So use your pass as the pro tip. All right. Okay. You know how to play, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Your time will begin after I finish reading. The first question. Name your favorite MTV VJ. Downtown Julie Brown. Which was the best TV cartoon theme song? The Smurfs. What is the first major news story you can remember from your childhood? The Lynn Wall going down. Which Monopoly piece did you choose the most? The Hat. Name a movie that starred Tom Hanks in the 80s. Big. All right. Let's bring Donovan back in. All right, Donovan. We are back, and I'm going to ask you the same five survey questions I asked Greg. You may not duplicate any of his answers. If you do, I'll say try again, and you'll give me another response. It's a little more difficult, so you get two passes. Pro tip, use your passes. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Name your favorite MTV VJ. Dr. Dre. Which was the best TV cartoon theme song? The Smurfs. Try again. He-Man. What is the first major news story you can remember from your childhood? Space shuttle exploding. You're regretting your answer right now, Greg? No. Okay. You should be. <laughs> I, re I, re I, regret, I regret every answer I have given this entire show. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> Which Monopoly piece did you choose the most? The race car. And finally, name a movie that starred Tom Hanks in the 80s. Splash. All right, guys, let's go to the scores. I can tell you right now that this is a very close dysfunctional family feud. <laughs> I asked you, name your favorite MTV VJ. Donovan, you said Dr. Dre, which did not make our survey. It was worth zero no points. MTV nope. Okay. I would have gone with Ed Lover, 
if you're going that way then. Yeah, I couldn't remember. <laughs> and I would have been wrong too because Ed Lever didn't make our survey either. Greg, you said downtown Julie Brown, which was the uh, number two answer, worth 33 points. Was Kurt Loder number one? I just want to know. because he's, he's, he's a news host. Kurt Loder wasn't a VJ? No, he was a news anchor on uh, MTV. Okay. <laughs> Thank God I didn't say that one. Could have really wrapped this thing up well. But would a curly-haired guy got any points or not? Curly-haired guy would not have gotten you points. <laughs> the number one answer was Martha Quinn. Uh, yeah, you're right, Donovan. Kurt Loder was not a VJ. However, <clears throat> the people we surveyed didn't know that, and he was the number five answer. See? He's not a VJ. Not a VJ. You're right. <laughs> I asked you which was the best television cartoon theme song. Donovan gave us He-Man, which also did not make the survey. Worth zero great. points. This is where I'm really strong. Greg gave us Smurfs. Shockingly, did not make the survey either. <laughs> Smurfs not make the survey. That is shocking to me. Maybe most people didn't know the words. <laughs> la, 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 la. I was going to keep that. That's a, that's a good one. My wife <laughs> sings it to me all the time. And, and my grandfather was a writer for the Smurfs. So. Really? The mm -hmm. true story? Wow. That is an absolutely true story. He was a Hollywood writer. He worked around all the way. And then at, towards the end of his career, it was a regular gig at Hanna-Barbera writing for the Smurfs. Wow. Awesome. As a weekly paycheck. Nice. The number one answer for best TV theme song was Scooby-Doo. Zoinks. Mm. Yeah, that's nice. Should have said that. It's... Yeah. That would have been a good one. Should have said a lot of things. So the score is 33 points for Greg Donovan yet to get on the board. I asked you, what is the first major news story you can remember from your childhood? Donovan said the Space Shuttle Challenger disaster, which was the number one answer worth 40 points. So I either get the number one answer or nothing at all. That's, <laughs> my, that's my game plan so far. <laughs> Greg, you said the fall of the Berlin Wall did not make our survey. Shockingly. Seriously? Seriously. There wasn't that, that, that I mean, there's... That's a pretty big event in the 80s. Very much. And uh, I think that was well, a little yeah, bit too late. It was the 90s, maybe. Sorry. Was it 90? I thought it was 89. Could I be 89. Right there. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like towards, because it was the beginning of the Bush administration. Yeah, I think it was 89. I'm, I'm, I'm just, anyway. Reagan was the one, Reagan was the one that told him to tear down the wall. I mean. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. cut all that part. Whatever. Out. You know, <laughs> I, it's it's fine. I'm, you're I'm, bad I'm, history. I'm, 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 I'm fighting. The, I'm fighting the judges backstage, no matter what happens. <laughs> yeah. The top. The top five were the Challenger disaster, the Ronald Reagan assassination, the death of Elvis, Iran hostage crisis, and the John Lennon murder. Okay, the death five. of Elvis is like 1973 or five or something like that. So Jen, you're like, you remember something when you were four? I mean, I, re I remember where I was because my neighbor was a huge, his mother was a huge Elvis fan and we were hanging out at his house and we're just like playing with toys and his mother comes in like bawling and freaking out. And we're like, oh my God, you know, what happened? Elvis died. Elvis done died. And we were like, oh. <laughs> yeah, didn't he die? Didn't he die a long time ago? Like, <laughs> I thought he was already dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. You live next door to I, Jed Clampett? I did. <laughs> Lakewood, California, I'm telling you. Okay, so the score now is 40 to 33. I asked you, which Monopoly piece did you choose the most? Donovan, you said the race car, which was the number two answer worth 26 points, bringing you to a total of 66. Greg, you said the top hat, which is number three answer worth 20 points, bringing you to 53 points. So the score is 66 to 53 in Donovan's favor, going to the final question. I asked you, name a movie that starred Tom Hanks in the 80s. Donovan, you gave us Splash, which was the number two answer worth 30 points, bringing you to a grand total of 96 points. That means, Greg, you have to get 43 points in order to block Donovan from winning his prize. You said Big. Big was the number one answer. But is it worth 43 points? Survey said. Judges. Highly doubtful. Worth 41 points 
bringing you to a total of 94. That means Donovan wins while the score 96 to 94. Congratulations, Donovan. You've won the game, and you go on to claim a chance at your prize. Nice work, Donovan. Uh, uh, Jason, did you read off the number one answer for the Monopoly pieces? I did not. I'm a bad host. Do you want that recorded? I want to know what it is. I wanted to know. (laughs) Is it the thimble? Thimble was number five. The number one answer for the Monopoly piece was the dog was the number one answer. Got it. (laughs) Greg, that was a valiant effort on Dysfunctional Family Feud. It pains me to say that I have to buy Donnie something, but we're going to go to the prize vault now. I was seriously rooting for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Wholeheartedly. What'd you do with Sully? I let him go. The Shoppers Bazaar segment is a throwback to the old Wheel of Fortune prize vault where the winner gets to claim a prize from the showroom. However, we are not Wheel of Fortune and can only offer a chance at a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. I will place a minimum bid on the listing of the winner's choice until I am the high bidder. So I'll keep on bidding until I'm number one. If that bid holds up until the end of the auction, then I will buy that item for the winner. Good luck. So Donovan, you get a pick between Put a smile on your caddy's face with a golf ball with Arnold Schwarzenegger's picture on the ball. You can have your choice of Garbage Pail Kids cards featuring either Greaser Greg or Ortho Donnie. Hmm. <laughs> I know where we're going here. You'll be sure to impress the breakfast crew at Wendy's restaurants when you show up wearing this vintage hat pin with Where's the Beef printed on it. A four-inch PVC figurine of Garth from Wayne's World. Bid on this only if you're worthy. A 12 by 18 promotional poster featuring the cast of TV's Alice. I feel like I should go with that. because Yeah, yeah. Donovan, that's, 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 the deeper, that's you. Yeah. The deeper message of Alice for everybody. Mm-hmm. We're going to go back and watch that show all yeah, over. The scholarly book you're going to write about the meanings the, the meanings behind <laughs> Alice. Flo really rec- represents uh, our inner desire for freedom. <laughs> Certainly mine. <laughs> You could have Flo tell you to kiss her grits every day if this hangs in your home. So, Donovan, what's it going to be? I, I, I got to go with the Alice TV promotional poster in the 80s. Okay, mm-hmm. good choice. Let's yeah. bid this sucker up. Currently, there are no bids, so I feel very strongly <laughs> that I'm going to be the top bidder. <laughs> no bids on that? Shockingly. What is wrong with society? It's, you know, it's, it's three hours later on the East Coast. They're all tired. <laughs> <laughs> we have the top bidder at four bucks. And if this bid holds up, Donovan, I will buy this for you and ship this out to you at no cost to you. Good luck. Thank you. Okay, so you're happy with that, right? I am. I'm very happy. Okay, with good. And, and, and I, okay. I'm surprised you didn't want some of these other things. Oh, crap. I didn't scroll all the way down. It's okay. There's a page two, though. Let's see what the page was on the page two. Oh, I'm sorry. This listing was completely written in Russian, so I'm not 100% sure what it's offering. But from what I could gather, this is uh, uh, the picture of a one to three bedroom luxury penthouse for sale on the coast of the Black Sea of, in Bulgaria. Starting bid was $25,000. But you said you're happy with your Alice poster. <laughs> so we're going to just, you know, we'll probably edit this part out. And Alice strikes again. <laughs> Alice was on her way to Bulgaria when her car broke down in Phoenix. And she never got out of that dystopian nightmare. Thank you so much for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices for your podcasting enjoyment, and it is simply amazing that you've chosen to spend a little time on our little show. Thank you so much. If you like the show, you can join us on Facebook in our Facebook group of the same name. We post fun Gen X content there every day, and the community gets into some lively topics that I'm sure you're going to enjoy. If you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will save Gen X. Contributions there go directly towards keeping the show going, offering better prizes to our contestants. In this case, a paying for Donovan's poster of Alice, and it goes to all around improvement for future episodes. At our Patreon site, you will see special offers for becoming a contributor to the show, so take advantage of those if you are interested. If you like what we're doing here and want to save Gen X from being forgotten, contribute there. If not, please consider us next time. In either case, thanks for listening. I'd like to once again thank our guests, Greg and Donovan. Donovan, do you have any uh, shout outs or plugs to give to our audience? I'm just going to give a shout out to uh, my son, Thomas, who wants to go to bed. And uh, a plug, uh, no, not really. Does, does Thomas want to say anything on the show? <laughs> on the show? No, thank you. Did I say that? <laughs>
No, I, I said I wanted the Godfather poster. He wanted the Godfather poster. So uh, he's, he's started watching the Godfather. Well, you need to have him start watching Alice. Get him on some good shows like a good father would. And uh, do your duties. Alice, um, is a, Alice is a little too dark. Start with the Godfather and then move down. <laughs> you don't want to dive into Alice. Yeah, yeah. you got to learn about uh, loss. You got to learn about no, loss. I, I won't bore anybody with any plugs. Uh, I'll just uh, say thank you for having me on the show. It was an honor. So thanks a lot. Thank you. Greg, before we go, any shout outs or plugs for you? Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me on the show. I had a lot of fun, uh, regardless of the outcome, which was fairly dismal. But I'd, I'd certainly like to allow uh, to invite your listeners to uh, check out my bookstore, Artifact Books, in Encinitas, California. Um, I do new, used, rare books. Uh, you can find us at artifactrarebooks.com on the internet and also at the bookshop link, www.bookshop.org slash shop slash artifact books thanks again for having me man it was a lot of fun i'm really happy that you had a good time and thank you so much for being on the show we will post a link on the show notes that you mentioned to your store so if anyone wants to uh check it out just click on the show notes and you can find all the information to artifact books before we go i'd like to leave you with a cliffhanger question if you know the answer, please reach out to me on our Facebook group page, or you can email me at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. Also, if you have any feedback for the show, would like to submit a trivia question or segment idea, you can reach the show at that email address as well. If you use your question on the show, we'll be sure to give you a shout out. And now, this episode's cliffhanger question is, I bet you're going to know this one, Greg. In <laughs> 1982, both Mr. T and Hulk Hogan were in the same film. Mm-hmm. What was the name of the movie and what were their characters' names? Correct answers to the cliffhanger question will be put in a drawing for a prize at a later date. Last episode's cliffhanger question info has been posted on the Facebook group page so you can find out all the details there. Well, that's it for the episode, everybody. Thanks so much for checking out the show. We welcome you to subscribe to the show for future episodes where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. Hasta la vista, baby. anything for us just bodies it might be a tumor it's not a tumor killian i'll be back only in a rerun save big money at menards let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from ad force it's easy to install durable against the elements and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through may 5th and check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on menards.com save Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.